When I say connect with God, what I mean by that is that you are hearing from God, that you are learning to understand God's voice in your life and you're understanding what God is speaking, what God is saying, what God is uh, revealing to you. Uh, So our heart, our prayer for the past 40 days is that you would get to this place today and say, you know what, the past 40 days has been transformational, not because I prayed more or longer or harder, uh, but because my connection with God has grown. I'm a different man or I'm a different woman. I'm a different child. Why? Well, because now I'm connecting with God. I'm hearing God. So when we started this journey, it wasn't like we wanted to get something from God. We weren't pursuing God. We need direction here or we need wisdom here. Our goal in 40 days of prayer was simply that we would get God, that we would be able to connect with God. I said it like this a long time ago, but the beauty of prayer is that we get to be with God and experience God with us. So we didn't have some lofty goal of like, God, we need to know, should we go left? Should we go right? Should we go straight or or backwards? It was, no, we just wanted as a community to connect with God. Now, my hope as we've been going through this series, uh, this 40 days of prayer, uh, is as we are connecting with God, that we are starting to see that our lives that we're living are a reaction to what is happening in prayer. So our life that we're living is a reaction to prayer rather than prayer being a reaction to the life that we're living. And what I mean by that simply is this, there's a lot of people who get stressed and worried and angry and bitter and they've just got so much stuff going on in their life and then it dawns on them, well gosh, maybe I should pray and and maybe prayer might actually make a difference in my anger or stress or frustration or loneliness or bitterness or my addictions or my hurts or my wounds. That is a life is, um, prayer is just a reaction to what's just happening in our life. And I hope over these past 40 days that you've seen, you know what, I'm actually starting to live my life in response to what God is teaching me in prayer, what God is revealing to me in in, in prayer. It doesn't necessarily mean life is going to be easier uh, or less difficult, but what it means is I will walk through those seasons of frustration and difficulties much different. Why? Well, because I've prayed and God's given me his peace. God's offered me his presence. God's given me his power. And so I hope over the past 40 days, uh, you've experienced this, that your life is now a reaction uh, to what is going on in prayer rather than the other. And my second hope as we started this series was, was really simply this. I wanted each of you to have a story uh, that God is a prayer answering God. I really just wanted each of you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt to have a conviction that simply uh, God is one who cares. God is one who is listening. God is not indifferent to you, to us. God loves us. God has invited us to pray. And my hope was simply that you and I would have conviction. And you know what? Uh, Prayer works. God met me in that place. God gave me the wisdom or the direction that I needed. And more than the answers of left and right and direction uh, was I actually got to meet with God. So it was really twofold, connecting with God, that uh, you've relationally grown closer to God. And because you've grown relationally closer to God, each of us could say, you know what? God not only listens, but God has been answering each of my prayers. Past 40 days, uh, I added up the numbers. I'm not a great mathematician, so don't check me here. But uh, there have been, over the past 40 days, 74 different opportunities to pray. 
In the mornings and evenings, 74 different prayer gatherings have taken place in 40 days. There have been 160 plus hours spent in prayer over the past 40 days. That's almost seven full days of prayer. There has been over 1,200 prayers posted. Now, we've moved uh, the prayer frames and did something different with them. They used to be on that wall right there. And every Sunday, people would post these little note cards that just had uh, their prayers uh, on them. And we've calculated so far uh, that there was a little over 1,200 different prayer cards posted in these frames over the past 40 days. And on average, there was at least two to three, sometimes even more, different prayer requests within each card. And so as best as we can tell, uh, there's roughly between three to 4,000 prayers, uh, and each of those prayers have been covered, if not just once, numerous times. So over these 40 days, we have been faithfully praying for your prayer request. Whatever was on your heart, whatever your burden was, those have been faithfully prayed over in the past 40 days. That's a lot of prayer requests, three to 4,000. 275 prayer journals were given away. Me of little faith, I only ordered like 225 and had to call the folks at Moleskin and say, you got to send more prayer journals our way. 275 of those little prayer journals were given away so you could chronicle, this is what God did in my 40 days of prayer. That's exciting to me, but what's even more exciting, there were 60 uh, prayer journals given to our Genesis kids. And it was so amazing to hear stories and uh, hear from different parents of, my kids are going through their little prayer journal, they read a verse, they draw a picture maybe of what uh, that verse helped them think about, they wrote out their different prayers. I see that my three kids, the prayer journals that they had, just reading through uh, the different things that they were thinking about and the different things they were praying about was absolutely precious. So over 60 prayer journals for our Genesis kids. So for 40 days, we've done a lot of praying. And uh, this morning, it's time to celebrate. And it's specifically time to celebrate what has God been doing in the midst of your life? What has God been doing in the midst of our community? Uh, This is, um, if you have a Bible, we'll put it up on the screen, but this is Isaiah chapter 46, verse 9. And during this 40 days, I just happened to be in my daily readings, reading through Isaiah and came to, to this passage a week ago. And it simply says this in verse 9, remember the things I have done in the past, for I alone am God. I am God, and there is no one like me. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm forgetful. I am forgetful of the things that God has done in my life. Hence, that's why we gave you prayer journals, so you could be writing down different things you're praying about and the different things that uh, you are seeing uh, God do. But I loved, when I came across this last week, remember the things I have done in the past. For I alone am God, I am God, and there is no one like me. Because we often go forward forgetting what God has done, and then we begin to wonder, well, God, where are you today? Do you even care? Are you even listening? And the heart of this morning is that all of us would remember. All of us would look back and give thanks and say, There is no God like our God. There is no God who cares and loves and is as engaged as our God. He's not indifferent. He's listening. He's acting. He's moving on behalf of the prayers of of people. So this morning is your opportunity. For 40 days, 
I've been talking to you, as it were, as it relates to prayer, but this morning, it's everyone, it's your opportunity to say, you know what, this is what God has done with me in these past 40 days. So I don't have anyone lined up uh, who's going to come first, second, and third, Uh, and I I know it's a bit nerve-wracking for some people, the thought of coming up on stage uh, and just giving a, a brief testimony of what God's been doing But I wanted to encourage you uh, that God might use your story of what he's done in your life to compel someone else here today towards God. Because your story and what God's done in your story uh, might be exactly where somebody is at right now, and they just need to hear uh, someone share a story. You know what? I was there, but God has me here. And I remember what God has done. As I look back through my prayer journal this morning, uh, I just looked at day one and I'd written a few different prayer requests down. Uh, but I remember praying for a young man, we'll just call him Roy. And uh, I remember specifically, I remember specifically uh, this character named Roy didn't have a job. And I remember specifically on day one, myself and the others that were here that morning praying uh, God, and he was in the midst of interviewing, he was waiting to hear back from people, but they were just dragging their feet. And I prayed specifically, God, would you compel these men and women who are in charge of these interviews and decisions to call this man before noon today and to let him know whether he's got the job or not uh, so he can move forward. And I remember I got the text uh, somewhere around 2 p.m., Uh, and said, Michael, you're not going to believe it, uh, but I got a phone call 11.45 a.m., and they offered me the job. And I was like, wow. I think I would have remembered that, but if I had not written it down, it's a good chance because I'm forgetful. I, I just wouldn't have remembered that. And day one of my journal, I prayed specifically that God would start raising up men and women in our, this community uh, to come alongside our high school students. Uh, because at the time, we just we didn't have anyone who was saying, I want to do high school and I want to run with the high school kids and invest my heart, my life into them. And over the past 40 days, would you know it, we now have five men and women who have expressed interest to say, I want to start serving and loving and caring for the high school students here at Genesis. So that was just day one. Now for me, I was like, all right, well, let's see what happens on day two and day three. And what's been so exciting is every single day that we gather to pray, uh, I personally have a story of how God moved. And I know the men and women here in this community who were uh, coming and showing up, you have stories uh, as well. And I'm going to stop talking, and I want to invite you um, to come up and share literally just a 60-second, two-minute story of what did God show you about Him? How did God encourage you? How did God bless you in this season? Maybe it was a very specific answer to a prayer request, uh, but maybe it was not necessarily even a prayer request answered. It was just, I learned this about God because of these 40 days of prayer. So I'm going to pray. And as uh, I've done in the past, by the time I'm done praying, I'm not going to pray long. I'm going to invite someone just to come up and stand with me and be the first to break the ice and share their story of what God's done. And my hope is we're going to have at least somewhere between 10 to 20 stories shared this morning of what God has been doing in our midst. Father God, I give thanks that you care. I give thanks that you are God who has invited us to pray. And God, I give thanks that you are not indifferent towards us, that when we pray, God, you move. God, you have been so faithful, kind, and generous, and gracious to each of us, to our church, uh, in these past 40 days. 
God, I pray that you would compel men and women uh, here uh, in this community, uh, God, to share the great things that you have been doing. And God, I pray that every single one of us would leave this morning uh, being encouraged and blessed uh, by the stories that were shared. So Jesus, I love you. I give thanks that Brendan happens to be standing right here. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, so the things that I've been thinking about sharing, um, early in the prayer sessions, I was really frustrated one week because I would be praying one thing and think God was leading in that direction, and then the whole group would be praying in a different direction, and I just felt like I was missing what God was doing and just having trouble hearing from God. And then I shared that with Michael, and I was like, I just feel like I'm not learning. And his comment was, Brennan, you're learning. And then he's like, you're slow, <laughs> but you're learning. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, and then a couple days later, I felt like... You know, like, some things are supposed to just stay, like, between us. <laughs> so a couple days later, um, I, I was more on tune with where God was leading. I was encouraged. And then last night, um, just at the end of the night, Paul Fleming just encouraged me, because he's known me for about eight years, that um, a couple years back when we would pray, I would be doing the same thing. Like the group would be going one direction and I would just be completely off base. And he said, you're, you're hearing more from God. You're really keeping in step with uh, where God's leading the group in prayer. So I'm just encouraged that God's helping me to hear from him better. So. Thanks, B. Yep. Love you, man. Thank you. Hey, Craig, thanks for coming up. Hey, look what it says on the wall over there. I don't think that was there a couple of weeks ago. Never stop praying. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to add, I think that's the reason it's there now. But Ephesians 6.18, um, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Hmm. So what this last 40 days has been for me, why does it say that? Hmm. Um, that last verse comes out of the whole passage of armor of God. So if I, it talks about putting on all that armor, it says pray. Hmm. So I think of prayer as a phenomenal enabler to live as a believer. And uh, the sessions I came to, um, I got to give credit to my wife first, Dana, who would be here if she wasn't in California. But she was going to a bunch of these, and, and uh, I came when I could, and each one of them did something very similar. And it was all about connecting, as you said, with God, my creator, spending time connecting. So, you know, you do that with people, right? If you want to get to know someone, you talk to them. You don't read about them. You, you talk to them. So I thought of my wife. You know, I can talk to her in a couple ways. I can communicate with her in a couple ways. One's like I did last night where I'm doing the one set of laundry while she's gone because I can't stand doing that. But it got so bad I had to do it. So um, after I asked her how to do it, and then when I'm folding stuff, I'm talking to her on the phone and, and going back and forth to the drawer. And that, that's one kind of communication. That's kind of like business-like communication. I'm just doing stuff while I'm sort of listening to my wife. And then there's another kind of communication that we did while I was uh, deployed overseas where I would just listen to her uh, on the phone for uh, minutes and minutes and minutes on end. And she said, how do you feel today uh, about uh, us being apart or what's going on, what the kids are doing? How do you feel about it? And then listen to that, undistracted. So those, see those radically different types of communication. Well, which one did I get to know her better with? I got to know her a whole lot better listening to her than I did folding clothes, going back and forth to the drawer. So it must be the same way with our creator. If we spend time with him, listening to him, 
we're going to get to know him better. And 40 days of prayer did that. Every session I came to, I, what God put on my head and my heart was this acceleration concept. It was two hours, but it would start kind of whatever, a little bit slow, a couple things. But after 30 minutes, after an hour, I really started hearing things hmm. from God and um, thinking things. That, and the prayers around me were accelerating. They were getting more intense, more vibrant, more personal hmm. at the end of the session. So it just told me, don't, you know, try not to just two minutes here, two minutes there, 30 seconds there, although that's what prayer without ceasing is. You need some focused time, too, hmm. really focused time like these two-hour sessions provided. And two quick testimonies on that is there was one session um, where the verse was read that, uh, be ye holy as I am holy. And that came across me the first time in my life as a command. Um, not a suggestion, but a command to be holy. But I thought, well, I don't feel holy. No one in the group felt that holy at the moment. But we were given this command to be holy, so it must be possible to be holy. You wouldn't command something you can't do. So, yeah, I felt holy all of a sudden because God commanded it. And another was last night where uh, just a, set, a group of men prayed for a need in our my extended family. Hmm. And the intensity and power of that prayer, um, I had not felt in, in really years. And so I want to just finish by giving credit to, um, well, first for our pastor for just following God's call to do 40 days of prayer. I mean, praise God that you heard that and did that, and we all got to benefit from God's calling. And also Brother Paul Fleming, who just led countless sessions, I know, and put hours and hours into this, just being obedient to God's call to pray. Have uh, all been ways that God has changed my life. So thank you, brother. Thanks, Greg. I love you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Philip. Um, I just got a quick story. My parents aren't Christians, and so I've been praying for them every day for the last several years. And during the 40 days, my mom uh, came to town for a visit and was at the Get Drenched service and started asking some questions. And then over dinner, the Thursday after that service, um, we ended up talking about the gospel for about an hour. And so for the first time ever, I shared the gospel start to finish with her. Um, we'd never had that conversation before. And so that was an answer to prayer. And it was really, you know, I felt really blessed by it. So I wanted to share that. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. I didn't know that, so that's pretty cool. Sam and Kelsey just got married, like, recently, so, yeah. Side for me. So we have a couple, I'll try to keep it short. Uh, we just had our, we got married in January, but we did a French wedding three weeks ago, I believe, and um, we were praying a lot for it because it was not, not only a day about us, but most importantly, we wanted it to be a day of God and to glorify Him. And the whole wedding, it was a weekend-long event. It was all going to be outside, and the weather was not looking real good for it. So uh, we were praying a lot for it. We were praying here at Genesis with everyone. You know, all of Sam's family was praying. I mean, we had an email from Sam's brother that said, it's going to rain that weekend. What should we do? What's plan B? And we didn't have a plan B. And Sam's sister responded with, we have three options, pray, pray, and pray. And that's what we did. And we prayed so much for it. And... Friday night, we had an event, and, you know, it rained for a little bit, but, like, we got in groups, and we just started praying for, you know, the rain to stop, and it did. 
And then Saturday, that was going to be the ceremony. It was outside, and everyone's getting ready. I wake up, I check the weather. It said 1 o'clock, it would start to rain, and it would be torrential rain for the rest of the day. Hmm. And the ceremony, ceremony was going to be at 2. Well, 1 o'clock passed, sunny. 2 o'clock, sunny. 3 o'clock, sunny. 4 o'clock, it was just sunny. And we're sit, Sam and I are sitting uh, next to the pastor, and it's really sunny. It's really hot. And I kind of look, and I just start praying for, like, a little bit of clouds to come over. <laughs> Because it was really hot, and like two minutes later, it, there was a cloud cover. No rain, but clouds. And we had that for like the whole afternoon, and then 7 o'clock, we decided to move the uh, reception just inside just to keep things warmer. 8 o'clock, we're in there, we're settled, we're eating. That's when the rain started. Hmm. And it was just so cool to see that, you know, how faithful God was, that we just put our trust in him 100%. We didn't have a plan B. And he just gave us beautiful sunshine. And then with that, we had a lot of people who were at the wedding that were not Christian, including my family. And it was just a wonderful testimony to them to, like, hear the gospel and to just see uh, the selfless acts of Christians around them. And, you know, there, there have been so many questions since then. And we just, you know, the day did what it was supposed to do. It just glorified God. And we're so thankful for that. Hmm. Kelsey, I'm glad you live in New England, knowing that uh, your prayers impact the weather, so. <laughs> I'm praying for a good winter. Yes. Uh, second part of it, when we came back from France, um, I was stuck with the uh, immigration services for 40 minutes, 45 minutes or something. Um, I'm, I'm legally, um, um, legally here, but um, for any reason, I didn't have my green card yet. Um, so Just in case, in case there's any immigration right. officials you. in the community today, really he know. is legit. <laughs> uh, so when we came back to the airport, um, I was, you know, Americans one side and people from out of the United States on the other side. So Kelsey went and uh, picked up the luggage and I was still online. Uh, so when I um, went to see the officer, he asked me why I was there. And I was like, well, actually I'm living here and I got this card. It's like a temporary uh, resident card that, got, that they got. And he's like, okay, well, I'm going to have a caller escort. It's like, okay, this is kind of weird. So a guy came. I had to follow him in the office, and I was stuck with them for 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Uh, while Kelsey was waiting for me outside, she was all stressed out because she didn't know what was going on. Um, so we did everything what we had to do, but for any reason, I didn't have my green card, and it was kind of weird. So they were, like, looking for it and whatever. So when we came back on night at home, we had a letter from them saying that, we didn't have, I wouldn't have my green card for six months. I was like, wow, that's kind of crazy. But anyway, a um, couple of days later, I got another letter who said, well, actually, you get approved, and you're going to have your green card in less than three weeks. And like last week, I got my green card, and it's, it's just weird um, how God works. I mean, it, it's crazy. And I just want to share you another note about the wedding on Friday night. Uh, it's like a random... Uh, night that we had for friends, and I had two of my friends from class from a long time ago, um, and they, my cousin, they were free, the three of my cousins talked with them for like more than an hour and a half about the gospel, and it was just awesome, and when I saw that, I was just like, well, for every effort that we put in the preparation of this wedding that we had overseas, that was worth it just only for that, and God is just awesome. There is no other words they can explain. Um, so just the last verses uh, before I move on. It's in Psalm, uh, Psalm uh, 108. 108, thank you. Uh, verses 4. For great is your love higher than the heavens. Your faithfulness reach 
to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens, and let your glory be over all the earth. Hmm. So glory for God, and thank you for Genesis for praying. Hmm. It was awesome. Thanks, Sam. Thank you. Good job, man. Well, hello, Roy. Hi, I'm Roy. What are the chances that two Roys would be here on the same day? I know, it's crazy. Thanks. You took my story. Appreciate it. Um, but, no, um, I think, well, kind of, I got the job, and so um, there's one little girl in my classroom. I call her Addie. And she's five years old. And for those of you who don't know, I work in a special ed kindergarten classroom. Um, some of them are mentally disabled. Some of them are just behavioral, like out of their minds. Um, and this one little girl, um, Addie, her teacher told me, she's like, don't be, a, don't be surprised if she doesn't like you because she's had a lot of abuse done to her by the hands of men. She's very anti-men. She doesn't like men at all. Um, and so... Whenever I tried to work with her, um, she, would be, she would yell at me. She's like, no, get away from me. Men are bad. Um, and she would, like, cuss me out. And so I was just, like, really, really hurt by that. And so um, because I just wanted to love the kids um, and do my best by them. Um, so one of the things I started doing at the 40 days was just praying for each one of my kids individually. Um, and so I started to pray for Addie, and I was just like, God, just open her heart, soften her heart. Um, she's only five years old, and she's been through a lot of bad things, but I just want to be that one guy in her life that can love her. Um, and so she was having one really, really, really rough day. Um, she was crying a lot, boogers, drool, everything you could think of, like flying everywhere. And the women could not get a handle on her. Um, and we were sitting down in music, and I just picked her up. And she's screaming, and she's like, men are bad, get away from me, F you, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, I just held her. And I got her out of the classroom, and I'm carrying her up the stairs with her. And she's crying, and she's like, she keeps trying to get out. And from the, from the music room to our room, it's like three flights of stairs. And I just start praying, like, in my mind, like, God, just calm her down. Just, you know, just let her feel your love right now while I'm holding her. And so by the time we got to the classroom, um, she's crying, and she's, like, almost asleep, like she tired herself out on the way. Um, and so I, I go to lay her down, and she's like, no, 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 hold me. And, she's, and I was like, but you just spent the last 15 minutes trying to get away from me. And she's like, no, 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 just hold me. So I held her, um, and then she gave me a kiss on the cheek. And, like, I'm not a dad, so I start, like, bawling. Um, <laughs> I just started crying my eyes out, and I'm like, oh, she loves me. Um, and so I think, like, just that picture that I got of her, of, like, me holding her is, like, how God holds us, you know, even when we're unruly, even when we don't want to be around him, even when we feel like we don't need him, even when we blame him for stuff. Like, he still holds us, and he still loves us. And, like, that's how, like, I feel about this girl um, and, like, Throughout the 40 days, like, me and her have grown, like, super close, and she, she's grown to, like, trust me in a way. Um, and that's what I want to do for, like, all my kids, you know, all, all 11 of them. So just God does answer prayer, and it's just been, like, an amazing, amazing thing. 
um, just to see what God's done in my life and in the kids' lives. So, yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Ray. That's it. Um, how you doing? I'm Joe Galino. My son Jesse has been coming here. I don't know where he is. There he is. He's been praying for me um, to come to community groups for a long time, and I kept telling him, just leave me alone. Get away from me. Um, I've been a believer for 28 years, and my last uh, four years have been very dormant, uh, just going through the motions, coming to church. You, you sing songs, but your heart's really not in it. And um, it... My prayer request on the first day was to remove the dormancy in my life um, because we can get very comfortable in our walk. Uh, 28 years is a long time, and I, I know how to pray. Um, at least I thought I did, you know, but you can just very get very stale in your life. And from day one, when I first came in the door, Michael was sitting there, and I said, well, if it's just you and me for these 40 days, I said, I'm still going to go for it because um, it wasn't about how many people were here. It was about just a change in my life. And um, my prayers went from day one to being very selfish about me to little by little starting to pray for other people mm. and to forget about myself. And as you started to forget about myself, I started to grow in my faith. And I started to pray for people that I work with. I work at a car dealership, so I was praying God open up opportunities. I started to reach out to one of the coworkers who's going through some difficult times and now everybody knows him by name. I'm not going to say his name because he might be watching this to not embarrass him. But We'll just call little, him Roy. Um, <laughs> so we were praying for Roy. And little by little, <laughs> and uh, little by little, he started coming to me at the most unopportune time. It was 7 o'clock at night. I'm exhausted. And he starts just telling me what's going on. This is going on in my life. And I started to tell him, we're praying for you every morning. And... Uh, Every morning we're praying for you and believing for God's best, and more and more problems will start to come. And I know it was God bringing things to the surface, and we're still praying for him to come to church, um, but um, more aware of what my surroundings are and being more sensitive and praying this way instead of praying for myself. And that's been the biggest change uh, in me. And I, I witnessed to um, a, a Hindu the other day who I work with who, who started talking about what is this about forgiveness and uh, forgiveness of your sins, and I started to tell him about the gospel, about Jesus Christ, and um, it's just because a Christian came into the showroom, so we started talking about it, so opportunities, so I'm just excited, uh, day 41, my, my fear was, what's next, um, I'm continuing to keep going stronger and stronger and stronger because of him, so thank you for your yeah. obedience. Hey, Jen. So going into the 40 days, um, I had this whole list of things that I was going to pray for. And pretty early on, God changed the direction of what I was praying for. Um, yeah. Around day four, I get home around midnight. I log on to Facebook, and I see um, a relative that I didn't really know had this long post about his grandson and trying to get an emergency flight across the country, coming to Boston to be in the hospital. Um, for this kid's last chance at life. And so it was one of those things when I read it, you know, there's sometimes you read something like that, you're sad, you pray for somebody, but sometimes God says you need to do something. So that's what happened here. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know these people. <laughs> so I shot an email to Terry and I said, if I can help with logistics or something, just let me know. 
And so they, um, that was Saturday. They had to get him in the air by Sunday or Monday morning because beyond that point he couldn't have flown from California to Boston. And by Saturday night, they had already started looking at driving across the country because they had no way to get this kid here. If they couldn't find a flight, they couldn't fly commercial because he was on oxygen, like all of these things. And so Sunday morning, some pilot heard about this story and said, I'll take him. Five hours later, takes off on a flight, flies 16 hours across country. And not only did they fly 16 hours, the weather was good and the wind was at their back so that they could fly the whole way with a smooth flight. And so... Why it came here, he had a surgery, he's been in the hospital, he got out Friday. Hmm. So last night we went, went out to dinner and it was his first time out in public to be able to go do something, first time out of the hmm. hospital, hanging out somewhere, which is awesome. Um, but beyond that, like God showed me more of what he does um, for hmm. people. Because this kid's story, he wasn't, he was hmm. carried by a surrogate mother and his original parents found out he had a heart condition. And they said, we don't want him, we can't handle it, you should get an abortion. Um, but it was too late, it was not legal in our country, so they wanted her to go to Mexico. And this lady's like, well, I don't want to do that, and didn't know what to do, and so she contacted someone she knew, who happens to be my second cousin's wife. They talked about it, they said, we'll take this kid. And they went to the doctor, and like, when, the kid, when he was born and when it was time for surgery, they said, you know, you can give him the surgery. He has 5% chance of survival if we do it. Or you can just take him home and let nature take his course. And they said, we want to give this guy a shot. And um, one thing after another, these parents fought for this kid. And when his own parents, like his birth parents, didn't want him. And it was too much. And the problems with his heart was too much. And I just see that that's what God does for us when, when we're beyond anything and our hearts are too dark he comes in and he helps us and he sometimes puts people around us to fight for us mm. and he heals in his time mm. so. thanks Jen awesome. hey, Paul. greetings all uh, one of the things that uh, I like that Michael always says is he, he, he can't wait to hear stories. And uh, one of the things he always says is, like, we don't want stories that are a year old, five years old, 10 years old, 15 years old, because I got a lot of those. I'm old. Um, so so uh, this one is, like, 12 hours old. So on Saturday nights, we go from 6.30 to 8.30. And then uh, my brilliant idea at the beginning of it is, why not on Saturday nights? Why don't we go to midnight? So here we were at 9 o'clock, and um, you know, I'm supposed to be leading, and I lead off with, we're sitting in the corner over there, and I said, guys, I know I'm supposed to be here, but um, I just really feel like the Lord's telling me to get in the car and just drive into Woburn. Like, I got to do it. I can't stay here. You guys can manage without me. And I looked at Brendan Cooney, who was the first guy up here, and I said, Brendan, you're coming with me. And uh, I don't know what we're going to do or what's going to happen. So we jumped in the car. And uh, we prayed in the parking lot out there, Lord, where do you want us to go? And I said, Brendan, where do you think? And he just kind of sat there thinking. I said, we're, we're going to the first congregational church in Woburn Center and park behind there. Thanks, Brendan. And uh, <laughs> so we get behind the church and uh, I said, Brendan, what do you think we should do? And he sort of pauses and I said, okay, we're going to lap around the church and we're going to pray around the church. Like, All right. <laughs> so we get around the front of the church and we're walking 
And Brendan stops in front of the sign, right in front of the church, right in the, on Main Street there. And, okay, good, Brendan, we're praying. And I, I start to walk, and he's still praying. And I start to walk, and he's still praying over the sign. You know, I'm like, great, all right. You know, so finally we go. We do a couple laps up and down Main Street. We walk around. We talk to a few people. Nothing really happening. And we come around uh, Main Street back uh, towards the center and towards Montvale Ave. And... Uh, we cross Montville Ave onto the corner, and I just have a sense that this is where we're supposed to be. And I'm literally about to tell Brendan, like, I think we should hang out on the corner here for a little while. But it didn't, words didn't come out of my mouth. This guy across the street, there's three young guys, maybe in their early 20s, and they start screaming at us, hey, 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 you know, like this. And one guy runs across the street and grabs Brendan, can you help us? We're like, well, sure, well, what's up? And he's, it's late, we were supposed to have a ride back to Medford, and there's no buses and this, we don't know what to do, is there any way we can get to Medford? And I just look at him, look at him and say, we'll give you a ride. <laughs> well, you should have, the, the guy could have got hit over the head with a baseball bat. And he looked at him, and two of his buddies kind of came over, and they said, yeah, we just came from a meeting, and nobody picked us up after the meeting. I said, what kind of meeting are you at? And they said, oh, it was an AA meeting. I'm like, oh, awesome, you know? So off we go, and we were... This is amazing. So where they came from, across the street, they were standing in front of the sign in front of the church that we were praying, that Brendan was praying over, we were praying over. And they ran across, and we were right across the street from where the car was parked. So we all hop into the car, and we drive them to Medford, and the whole way they're like, I can't believe you guys are doing this. I can't believe you're doing it. And we're on 93, we're going in, and the one guy says, you know, at the AA meeting, really wrestle with this whole thing. I've been wrestling with this thing about God, that yet there's this higher power thing. And uh, I, I just don't get it. And Brendan's next to me in the front seat. I'm driving. He just starts telling him about Jesus. You know, it was awesome. So we get to uh, Medford, and uh, uh, we drop, drop the guys off. And um, the, the one guy, one of the guys uh, wanted to borrow some money. And his buddy looks at him and says, are you crazy? We should be giving them money. Like, you can't ask them for money. And uh, he's like, yeah, you're right. And he says, do you realize, and this is the quote from the guy, he said, these guys have done a solid for us like I haven't seen for years. Nobody's done a solid like this since I can remember. And then the other guy goes, he just kind of calms down. He goes, nobody's ever done anything like this for me. Huh. And... Uh, so we gave them a little orange ball and a couple of Genesis cards and, you know, praying that they'll be here someday. Thanks, Paul. Hey, Jessica. Hey. <clears throat> I'm Jess. Is this on? It's on. Hello. Okay, sorry. I'm Jessica. Um, I had to write this down because I knew I'd forget. So I've come to as many prayers as I could and it's been amazing. Um, if you know me, you know that I'm already crazy and happy and passionate all the time. And if you believe it's possible, <laughs> it's gotten even more intense since the prayer started. I know, watch out. So it's been just really great. And I'm, God has just lit my heart on fire and done such amazing things in my life and in the lives of those around me. Um, so one of the things was I am in grad school for dance therapy. If you want to know what that is, I'll tell you later. And um, I want to travel internationally and help women who've been rescued from sex trafficking recuperate from that. And there's the organization Amira that many people around here know. 
And Sean was bugging me to go, not bugging, but encouraging me to go to an ambassador training. And I wasn't sure if I could go. And then I had to babysit. I was like, I have to babysit until like eight or nine. I can't go. The meeting's at seven, half an hour away. And it worked out to where I, the parents could come home. So I got to leave at 5.30. And so I traveled. And it ended up taking an hour to get there. And I got there early. And um, so it's an organization that helps women who've been rescued from sex trafficking, and there's a safe house and everything. And I found out that there is a dance therapist on staff at Amira, not on staff, but volunteering helping these women. And I talked to the executive director, and he said he could get me to <clears throat> shadow her. So that's just a great step into doing what I now know for sure God wants me to do. So that's just an amazing praise. And these prayers were great in connecting with God, but also I've met so many people that I didn't know in this church. And they, uh, like Michael's wife, Kyla, was telling me, she feels like she knows me just from hearing my prayers. So I feel like I know so many people without ever having a face-to-face -face conversation with them just because we have that community of God. And that's just been really encouraging. And my prayer has grown because before when I started this, I prayed out loud, but... I always thought through what I was going to say, and it was a plan, and it was almost like a speech. And um, as it went on, it would I would open my mouth and have a topic, and then I would go on. And when I was done, I had no idea what I just said. And I completely forgot everything. And I would call friends and tell them, like, this is what God did. And I'm like, yeah, I prayed about something like this or that. Honestly, I can't remember what I said, but it was awesome. And just being encouraged by people um, and hearing Michael pray and thank God for me and my prayers was just so encouraging because I hear people pray and I think, I wish I could pray like that. I wish I could pray the way that that person does. And for people to look at me and want to pray like I do is <clears throat> such a blessing. Also, I have four older brothers. One of my brothers has, had, has been wrestling with an addiction for about two years now. And so I've been praying for him, and one night on his birthday, around 12.30 in the morning, my brother had called him to wish him happy birthday and found out that he's been clean for three and a half months, which is amazing, and such a prayer because he's just on the right path, and he's talking to us again, and it's, he's saying, I love you without me needing to say it first, and it's just great. And I found out the next day, I was like, guys, this is amazing. This is what God did with my brother. He's been clean for three and a half months. And I found out that night, the night before at 1130, Paul and I think Krista prayed for him because hmm. I had written his prayer on the wall. And just to hear that, I found that out an hour after they had prayed for my brother. That's totally of God. Hmm. And another thing, <laughs> I could go on all day, but I won't. Another thing, we were praying on day, I think, 35. 35. We had there was a time, um, the leader, maybe it was James, where we just sat and we just thought about who God wanted us to pray for. And I was thinking, I was writing down all these names of people I know, and then all of a sudden God says, you need to pray for your extended family, your uncles and your grandparents, which, who I don't talk to. And so that, was, that hit me hard. And I was just looking through my prayer, and on day, like, 10, I had prayed that God break my heart for my family. 
and give me a heart to actually want to talk to them and forgive them and love them. And so for him to tell me, like, you need to pray for your family, you need to get in touch with your family, um, that was God breaking my heart and just saying, like, you need to get over yourself and focus on me and my glory and not yours. So he's amazing, and that's all. And I, oh, one more thing. I don't know how to end things. So he said, uh, <laughs> I've also been more proactive with my prayer. Um, like I see people or someone tells me a story of something going on in their life. And before I would be my therapist and be like, oh, tell me more about that. That must be really hard and talk to me. And now I just think, I want to pray for you. Let's, let's pray. Like I need to pray for this person. And that's so much more powerful than anything else. And yay, it's amazing. Okay, thank you. Thanks. Carson. Before uh, Carson shares, um, we're going to finish with these, uh, uh, Carson and then three more, because uh, it's, uh, it's almost time. Um, there was, uh, uh, I knew Shelly uh, a little bit before she started, uh, she's been coming to church here with her husband Jacob for a better part of a year, and uh, so I knew her a little bit, uh, but through prayer, uh, she was here almost every single morning and almost every single evening. So that's roughly about 75 prayer gatherings. She didn't make all of them, but it was amazing just to see what God did. And uh, she was very sad today because uh, she and her husband could not be here. And I literally physically saw a transformation in Shelly, uh, specifically uh, from day one to day 40, and a transformation of a woman who uh, just had joy and just peace. And uh, it was amazing how God used her in these 40 days to challenge me and encourage me and inspire me and everyone else that came. And so I asked Shelly if she would uh, just uh, write down uh, what God did. And so I wanted to uh, read her story, uh, and it says this. It's really hard to put into words the way I've experienced God over the past 40 days. <clears throat> when I was uh, thinking <clears throat> and praying about what to tell, you, to tell you all, that would be you. The Lord brought me back to the first Sunday morning Michael announced the 40 days. I remember uh, clipping my three uh, prayer requests to the board and feeling overwhelmed. Uh, I couldn't hold back the tears, and I just started crying. Um, I'm sure many of you know, um, I'm skipping a few parts here. My three requests I wrote down that morning were uh, my marriage, uh, Nick and Brenda, and faith. The most important and personal request of those three was my faith. As long as I can remember, I've always struggled with my faith. I would limit God when I was praying. I would read scripture and have the hardest time trusting uh, I was who God said I was, or even who's, even worse, I sometimes struggled with who God said he is. In the very beginning of the 40 days, Jacob and I had somewhat of an unexpected bill come our way. We hadn't prepared for it, had no money for it. We decided to ask God, would you please provide? We literally asked God to intervene and provide in a radical way that only he could. The next weekend, I was scheduled to work uh, a couple different shifts. She's a dental uh, assistant. Uh, I'm not on the payroll with uh, some of the doctors that she had been working with. Uh, she's a subcontractor. Uh, I was expecting to earn about uh, three quarters of the money that we needed um, by that specific weekend they needed the money. Uh, Friday comes to an end and it's time to get paid. The doctor was in a terrible mood that day and he's going through a lot and she goes on to say. Uh, so... He asked, would you mind if I just paid you the next day when we work together so uh, I could just go home? And so I went home that night without any money, and we prayed again. And the next day, I worked with two doctors, um, uh, and 
Help me read. The next day I worked with two doctors, and in the morning I worked with a very di- a different doctor. And that morning went well, and the doctor handed me a check, and he thanked me. And it turns out he paid me for an extra hour. And I thanked him, and I hopped in my car to go to the next office, and I was thinking, wow, thank you, God, but that's not enough. Please provide. I got to the next uh, office where I'm working with the doctor, and I worked, uh, had worked with the day before. The shift was so busy. We had so many patients. The schedule was packed. The day went very well without a hitch, and it was time to get paid again, and the doctor had to write me two different paychecks one for the day before, and then another for the shift she just worked. And he asked me to write the checks out for him so he could finish writing his his charts. And whenever I write my own paychecks, of course, I only pay myself what I earn. So upon asking me to write these checks, I thought, okay, God, it just, it doesn't look like this will be the way that you provide. And as I'm writing my name on the first check, the doctor said, you know, Shelly, you worked really hard yesterday, so why don't you just go ahead and round up the check? And he tells me the amount that's much more than I would have earned. I was so shocked. That still wasn't enough, but we were getting really close. And so the next paycheck, I'm writing my name, and again, he tells me, you know, Shelly, I really appreciate you working on Saturdays, driving all the way out here, so why don't you go ahead and round up that check as well? And sure enough, it was much more than I would have earned. You know those moments when you are without doubt experiencing the presence of God? Well, this was one of them. I was writing the numbers, and I was feeling so overwhelmed that God was literally right there working. There's nothing else that could... um, that could have been, nothing else that it could have been. Uh, that is not a coincidence. How could it be? The paychecks added up to the exact amount of money we needed. If either of the doctors who had paid even one hour less, it would not have been enough to cover the need. So I left work feeling very excited. I got into my car, drove straight to prayer, um, and she's listening to some music, and I won't tell you that part of the story. Uh, and I felt at that moment the Lord whispering the sweet message of, do you believe me now? And I called Jacob to tell him about what had happened, and he told me that he had been praying that God would use that doctor, that specific doctor to provide. He prayed specifically that that doctor would pay me more, uh, and so I got to prayer, and as I witnessed, as many witnessed, uh, she lost it. And I remember it, she was like bawling like crazy. Remember that? It's crazy. In that moment, as I was praying, the Lord showed me that, yes, he was answering the prayer of providing for the unexpected bill, but more importantly, he was answering my request for deeper faith. Uh, he rocked my world that weekend, even uh, every turn of event, all of the little details, there's no time to tell about just how he was working, really incredible. I've been able to share that story with so many people, with my friends, family, and even the doctor. God used one request to answer so many others, and his timing is perfect uh, as that uh, was the first week of prayer. He planted, me, uh, planted in me a deeper passion for prayer than I've ever had. He changed my perspective about prayer. Yes, he cares about all of our struggles. He is the provider of all good things. The money, however, turned out to be the least important thing he provided that day. That was just the first week. And she quotes John chapter 21, verse 25, when it says, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have enough room for the books that would be written. I can't say that I could fill the whole world with books about my experience over the past 40 days. That's where we're laughing. Thank you. Um, But I can say that there wouldn't be enough time this morning, even today. Uh, We worship a God so much bigger than we know. I've truly realized that. What can I say now without any reservation, with full conviction and truth, is that I know my God is alive. I know that I am who he says I am. And I know that he is who he says he is. 
So that was Shelley's testimony, and uh, I wanted to read it before Carson. Um, just because, obviously, you guys are pretty tight and spent the better part of 40 days every morning, every night praying together. So what you got to say? Um, yeah, so I did have the privilege of praying with Shelly a lot, and she's in my community group. So I also got to witness this awesome transformation in her as well. Um, and I also was very transformed over the 40 days of prayer, got to spend a lot of time here. It was definitely my privilege to be here in the community praying. Um, and a few things that God really showed me and just changed my heart. Um, I prayed specifically for several things, and God really showed me just that he is so much greater than me, and his thoughts are so much bigger than my thoughts that they're not my thoughts at all. <laughs> um, and God really answered my prayers in a way that I wasn't praying specifically. Um, he just answered them in different ways, um, completely sometimes. But because I was in prayer about those things, then God just opened up my mind and my heart to see that that is how God's answering that prayer. And so that I wasn't so close to think, well, God's not answering my prayer because it's not the way that I specifically prayed. Um, and so that was a really awesome thing. I feel like there's just so much more freedom in prayer than I give it credit. Um, and so I'm able to see God moving and working um, in big ways and see the, I'm, I'm doing this thing that you're praying for, but I'm doing it maybe one little step at a time. And this is a little piece of that puzzle. And this is one, them coming one step closer to me. Um, hmm. And so that's been really encouraging, although at times discouraging because it wasn't what I thought or wanted specifically, but God's just opened my mind to receive him um, in that way. Um, also, I came into this prayer time, um, just wanting God to kind of change the way I viewed prayer, and he certainly has. Um, I definitely didn't give prayer the weight and the credit um, that it deserved. I, I prayed kind of, as Michael was saying, as a response to things. And, um, like, I want my family to know the Lord. And I want to be affirmed in this new thing I'm doing. And, um, but I definitely didn't feel like prayer was the best thing I could be doing. It was, the focus was always on, what do I need to be doing to save this person? What can I be, like, really doing, like this conversation or sharing this verse or, you know, it was all just about what I could do, physically do. And God just mm. turned that upside down and around. Um, mm. That prayer is the best thing that I could do um, so that my family could know him. Mm. That prayer, that's where the power is. And then if out of prayer, I feel like, oh, maybe I'll share this verse or share this just talk about something or call my sister. Um, it was because I'd been praying about it. And then that also just lifted the weight from me to the Lord, which is where it belongs anyways. And um, so that has been a huge and awesome change, just giving prayer the weight and the glory that it deserves um, and just really seeing it as the best and most powerful thing I could be doing for the people that I love, that I want 
to know him and um, just having my other brothers and sisters in Christ praying for the people I care about and love the most and crying with me um, is just transformative. Um, And also I saw a lot of my selfishness revealed through these 40 days and just seeing, um, praying for just selfish desires, just focusing on myself a lot. Um, and just seeing how it's a lot easier to withdraw myself when things are hard or things that I'm like, well, I might not see um, results or prayer in that for a long time. So it's easier to just not even really want to pray for it. Um, and even to join and in prayer, we get to fight um, against um, the evil powers and the darkness in the world. We're fighting with God. And it's a lot easier to just be like, all right, I'm going to just be over here in my little world and not care so much about that. It's just easier, and I found myself doing that a lot. And God's just given me a desire to want to fight um, in prayer, showing me that it is the best and most important and powerful thing I can be doing and also the joy that comes with fighting and that that is worth it, that Jesus is worth it, Um, that my friends and family who I want to know him are worth me fighting, are worth me not taking the easy way out. And that has just, again, been just life-changing. And I hope to go from here and to continue in this and to not go back after the 40 days is over, but to just charge ahead with all that. Thanks, Carson. All right. For the final three, you guys have to be super quick. So you got 60 seconds. Ready, set, go. Hello, my name is Rachel, and I will try to make this quick. Um, I'm a teacher, so I'm going to start off with telling you two lessons I learned from this past 40 days of prayer. Number one is that when you're in communion with God, he will change the course of your prayer life to align with his. And number two, that God will answer prayers in his timing. Sometimes it takes longer, and sometimes it can happen overnight. I have two quick stories to share for you. Um, So as I said, I've learned that God kind of changes the course of your prayer life. And so when I started the 40 days of prayer, I thought that there were a couple things that I was like, I'm going to pray for these things. These are things that I want to pray for. And over the course of the first few days, kind of like Jen Musil shared, God kind of redirected my path of what to pray for. The first one was just for a friend of mine that I had been praying for for a long time for a couple months, praying that I would just be able to connect with her more and um, just that I would be able to invite her to church. And so God just really laid her on my heart. And um, I grew in my love for her over the 40 days, and I've been praying that she would come to church and I'd be able to have a, um, be able to minister to her. And God answered that prayer because she came to church last week. So that was a cool thing that happened. And then the second thing that God kind of placed in my heart was my parents. As many of you know, um, my dad's a pastor up in New Hampshire, and God had just been laying them on my heart for a while, but um, over the course of the past couple of months, their church has kind of taken a nosedive of just a lot of people have been leaving the church, and through talking with my parents, I've just heard them be discouraged and heard them um, just wishing that God would bring more people to church, and so I had been praying that God would provide just encouragement to my parents and hope for them, and One night on Saturday night, I was here at prayer, and I was praying that 
God, I pray that you would just bring a lot of people, visitors to church tomorrow, and just encourage my dad and my mom. And so I pray, not really knowing what was going to happen. And the next day, I usually call my parents after church just to see how church was and just to um, see if anything new happened. And so I called my mom. I was like, hey, mom, how was church? She's like, yeah, it was okay. And I was like, hey, well, did anybody new come to church today? Like, they had no idea I had been praying for that. And she's like, actually, yeah, three new couples came and two new women came. And I was like, no way, I had prayed for that last night. And she, like, was super <laughs> encouraged that it happened. So it's just cool to see that God used the 40 days to answer a prayer that I had prayed for six months. And then also he um, showed me that he also works in the here and now and answered a prayer that I prayed overnight. So thank you. Thanks, Rachel. That was like sneak attack back there. I didn't come up because this yeah. is my second time here. But <laughs> I've been keeping a prayer journal all summer, and I was praying for community because I knew I was lost. And uh, Rachel asked me two weeks ago to come to church, and I, I said, yeah. And I thought, oh, my gosh, my journal's probably not as nice as everybody else's, but um, I'm actually on my second one. And so I think God's telling me I'm in the right place. Hmm. Thank you. Thank you for coming up. <laughs> My name's John, and I had knee surgery almost two weeks ago. And I had to go under general anesthetic. And so I'm at the hospital getting ready for surgery, and I'm praying. And it's like, Lord, my time's, you know, you know things can happen in surgery. You know, and I'm praying, Lord, you know, my, I have so many things that aren't complete. Just get me through this. And, I, and I'm praying. And God told me, he goes, you like to be in control. But so you're not going to be in control of this surgery. But just your waking up tomorrow and the day after, that's up to me. You have to trust me. Hmm. So I just said, Lord, I trust you. Hmm. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming up. Be quick. All right. Um, <laughs> so I just wanted to talk about more of my experience with not so much like what God answered, um, although he did. I just wanted to share that, um, like, I set a lot of goals, like, going into, um, like, this, the 40 days. And they were crazy goals because, you know, Michael gets fired up about it. And, you know, there's, like, everyone had motivation going in, like, Michael's good at that, and that motivation, like, a week or two in, just started, like, totally hitting it, like, just, and I had crazy goals, and I was trying to get those goals, and then I was not uh, reaching up to where I thought I was supposed to be, and um, God was just encouraging me to that time to, to not um, uh, be discouraged if I'm not reaching up to where he wants me to be because um, there's progress being made still. Um, and you just reminded me just of one thing, that you know, this 40 days is like saran wrap, and it's going to stretch us. And, um, but when the 40 days is over, and we let go of the saran wrap, we're going to be bigger than we were before. So I was just encouraging us that you know, uh, there's some progress and uh, not to be discouraged. Thanks, Jesse. Be. That was sneaky, man. Just was, jumping up, Batman. All super, right. Super quick. 
Um, one thing that I want to encourage all of you uh, as a community of Genesis with is that when you pray um, by yourself, it's great. I mean, Daniel was a great prayer warrior by himself, but there's something different about praying with community that you can't get anywhere else. You can pray two or three. You can pray five. You can pray with ten. You can pray with... When you start praying with 20 and you start praying with the body of Christ, things move and you, you experience God the way that the Old Testament prophets, like Moses, and all those folks did. And there's nothing like it. And so I encourage you, we'll have more prayer gatherings uh, you know, coming up. And when we do that, I just encourage all of you to experience prayer and specifically through Genesis, the body. And uh, that's what I learned through the 40 Days of Prayer. Thanks, Yifong. Caitlin, can you put up Ephesians 3.20? Um, you know, obviously, if we, we could go hours uh, longer. And um, because there was just so many stories to be told of what God did uh, in our midst over these past 40 days. Uh, and I hope as you were sitting here listening to these stories, uh, I'm listening to them, and you just can't make this stuff up. You just can't make these things up. And uh, in my mind, one of the best evidences of the reality of God uh, is God expressing himself through story and through testimony of what God is doing in people's lives. And so I hope that in some small way, you were encouraged, blessed, and inspired this morning, uh, and that you are compelled to continue praying. Uh, There's a reason we picked that verse, because it can't get any clearer of never stop praying. Uh, And I wanted to finish uh, our time this morning by just reading Ephesians uh, chapter 3. It says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more. Just stop there. And I just wanted to tell you, he has more for you. He has so much more. No matter what you could ever dream up, uh, you can't out-ask God. And I feel like what God has been teaching me and talking to me about is, Michael, I have so much more for you. I have so much more for your family I have so much more for your marriage and for your kids, and I have so much more for this church if you would just keep asking. And so I wanted to encourage each of you. Next week, the message is going to be titled, Never Stop Praying. I'm going to share with you what that's going to look like for us as a church. But I just wanted you to know this morning, he has more, immeasurably more. You couldn't even dream up the stuff that God actually has for you. And it's not more things and more stuff. It's more God. It's more of him. And as we finish with uh, some worship and celebrate communion together, uh, I wanted to encourage you this morning that the only reason that we can even know God, the only reason that we can even pray to God is because Jesus made a path uh, for us to have a right relationship with him. If Jesus did not come and do what Jesus did, live a perfect life, was without sin, died on the cross, and was resurrected. If he didn't do any of those things, you and I would be left to work our way towards God. And all of our works, no matter how good we think they are, would always fall short of God's standard of perfection. So we needed somebody to do something for us that we could never do on our own. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus opened a way for you and I to have forgiveness of sins, to have a right relationship with God, not based on my works, not based on my performance, not based on my morality or my righteousness or my religiosity, but based on just faith in Jesus. And for those of you who have expressed faith in Jesus, confessed him as Savior and Lord, I just want you to know he has more for you. 
And for those who are here today because a friend invited you or maybe you're just new to the church or just new and asking questions about who God is and what God is like, I would just want you to know the starting point is uh, trusting Jesus to make you right with God. Confessing that you've sinned and fallen short and you need a Savior and you've trusted that Jesus is your Savior. And I'd invite you to do that today. If you've never done that, this morning as we worship and as we pray, uh, respond with simply praying, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I confess you as my Savior. And I give thanks that you love me and made salvation possible. And as you do that, as you pray that, I just want you to know he's got immeasurably more for you.